Hey everyone, you're with Tesla Tom. Thanks for joining us today on Ludicrous Feed Live. Nice of you to join us. If you're watching live, uh, make sure you leave a comment to say hello. If you're watching on uh, replay, say hello on comments as well. Uh, it'll be great to hear from you. Uh, and if you're listening to us on audio podcast, hello as well. Thanks for joining us. All right, we've got a big night ahead of us. We are talking uh, Australia's electric vehicle sales hitting a new record in this country, 8% in April 2023. Super exciting stuff. That's the highest I've ever seen. I think this country's ever seen uh, it in terms of EV sales uh, measured against all sales in Australia. So very exciting. Looking forward to chatting all about it tonight. As usual, let's join. Uh, let's say hello to our regular guests who join us. Uh, let's say hello to uh, Riz from Carloop and also Mr. Rahul Prasad. Gentlemen, nice to see you both. Let's start with Riz. How are you, Riz? Hey, Tom, going well. Uh, very exciting. Hey, Rahul. Hey, everyone. Good to be here. Hey, Rahul. Oh, one sec, Rahul. Oh, there we hey, go. Ron, let's try that. Take two. Yes, uh, take two. Go ahead. I've, I've had a bit of a cold and a cough, but I am on the mend, I think, pretty much. Everyone in Australia, unfortunately, is copying this at the moment. But, um, yeah, glad to be on the other side of it. Um, but, yeah, fantastic news to kick off uh, this segment. 8%. Yeah. What a fantastic uh, number. Um, and I, I think we'll talk about it. But, uh, Riz, uh, you're Sawyer Merritt's uh, new go-to guy in Australia. Look, I'm, I'm not Nash. Where... Elon and Nash, you know, he knows exactly what's about to happen, but I'm getting close. So basically, you know, three three rungs up the ladder and then I'll be with Elon. Um, but no, it's good good to see he shared the story fairly quickly around, um, you know, us getting to 8%, which is quite a, quite a big news. I think even in the US, they're not really there yet. Um, but we're waiting on the April data out of the uh, US to confirm that, given some of the incentives that have been on offer. So, yeah, good to um, get a little bit of international coverage around what what's happening down under, which is great to see. So we're no longer, you know, years behind. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I guess the question now is, you know, at 8%, are we... Are we well and truly on the road? Like, uh, you know, is, is there any turning back at this point? I mean, I would have thought not. But I just want to uh, point out, um, looking at the national strategy recently released by the government, Australia's federal government, and um, it's a bit old, that data, because it's from 2022. But looking at around the world, um, in 2022, 9% of uh, global car sales were electric. So at 8% in Australia, we're actually on track uh, with the rest of the world finally which I'm very happy about. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still behind the UK at 15%, uh, behind the European Union at 17%. And I think Nash, uh, sorry, Nash, Riz, as you pointed out, gosh, I'm getting mixed up here. All the famous celebrities around me um, getting mixed up. But uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the US is, yeah, not even 8%. So there you go. So we are actually doing pretty well. Well done, everyone. Um, so yeah, Riz, why don't you take us through, oh, by the way, everyone, happy May the 4th. I, I wanted to say this at the beginning, uh, happy Star Wars Day for all the Star Wars fans out there. So May the 4th be with you all. Uh, so yes, as Rahul uh, correctly pointed out, this is the article that Sawyer Merritt, uh, quite a prominent, uh, EV, you know, and Tesla advocate, uh, on the Twitter sphere, uh, tweeted Riz's article from The Driven. So yeah, Riz, please take it away. Um, yeah, so 8% sales, I think we got 
just over 6,000 electric vehicles were sold during the month. Um, when the uh, FCAI VFACTS uh, data comes out in the beginning of the month, um, it's always interesting to see what angle they're going to take. And traditionally, they've been very pro-ICE vehicles. And last two or three months, their rhetoric has changed quite significantly. Last month, they were talking about EV chargers. And if we want Australians to adopt more EVs, we need more EV chargers. Um, I'm not sure when in the last couple of months they became EV charging experts uh, because Toyota isn't really funding them. Um, and then on, I think the way things have moved very quickly, now they're realizing, well, they've got to be pro-EV or at least not look at it in such a negative way. Um, and 8%, I mean, we had the, um, I think Model Y made it to the top five list this time mm-hmm. around. Um, and Toyota RAV4 did just slightly better than the Model Y for the month. What we have to remember is usually... Tesla has been very good in the last two months of the quarter. This is the first month of the quarter, and this happens to be the highest sales that Tesla's had um, during the whole year, which last year I think they had, um, I know April sales all came out at once, which was for the whole uh, Q1 and I think beginning of Q2 for Tesla. But I think there were about 800-odd sales for the month of April last year, and we're nearly at 3,500 for Tesla this year. So things are changing quite quickly. And in this data, the main thing is it used to be just sales, but now it's actually presented as sales, but they're deliveries. So what has been delivered to customers, that's been harmonized across the automotive industry now where previously what used to happen is dealers used to buy thousands of a particular car from a brand and it would show up as, you know, Holden Barina had 4,000 sales for Mm -hmm. the month, literally just dealers buying it and then storing them and then selling them as demos where it doesn't happen anymore. So these are deliveries. Um, And yeah, Tesla's doing really well. BYD had a very positive month as well, selling over a thousand, well, delivering over a thousand EVs to their customers. Um, but yeah, Tesla Model Y made it the top five, um, which was good to see. Yeah, so that's interesting that you said that, Riz. So, so I guess now we're getting a truer reflection of cars landing into customers' hands rather than sitting in the dealership, which favors you know electric vehicle brands like Tesla mm-hmm. more because obviously they're more direct to consumer rather than sitting in a showroom. Um, that's I mean, what prompted that change, Riz? Do you know? I, I think it was a couple of years ago when. Um, I mean, there was one really prominent example where Holden, I think, told its dealers that they have to buy all this stock off them and then actually register it. So there were these Holden Astras, which you could buy everywhere. I think it was 2018 or something like that. Hmm. And that was part of what pushed the change to say we can't keep, you know, it's misleading consumers by saying we're selling that many cars when they're not really selling them. They're just sitting on dealers' lots. Um, and then dealers were trying to sell them as second-hand cars or demos. Um, so that was that was a couple of years ago, but it's good the industry is coming on board. Um, and with EVs, it's it's quite easy to get the sales as long as the EV models are unique. So by that I mean um, Tesla Model Y is a unique model that we know it's all electric. 
if you take the MGZS, which also has the MGZS EV, there in the in this data, it's all presented as one. So what someone like me usually has to do is to reach out to MG and say, "Hey, you sold three and a half thousand MGZSs. How many were EVs?" Mm. Sometimes we get a response. Sometimes we don't. So it's hard when this data is released. So ideally what we would like to see is moving forward, the models, electric models should have their own names, Mm -hmm. even if they are based off an ICE platform as such. But I don't think it would change anytime soon because the new Kona uh, that will be coming out, which a lot of our audience know the great cars, some of them even own some, the new Kona electric will still be Kona electric. It's not going to be ionic four and a half or something <laughs> yeah that's interesting because that's that holds true also for like the kia nero the you yeah. know, the volvo volvo xc40 recharge c40 as well uh it makes it hard to differentiate them mgzsev we said that so yeah i mean oh, is that a signal for these ice company or these legacy auto not trying to go all electric they're trying to hedge their bets a little bit it, it's a combination. I think what's going to change is that consumers will stop looking at models that, you know, don't stand out as electric vehicles. So the, the new Hyundai Kona electric, it's going to, I think it will be out before the end of the year. It's been promoted as if we have made it, we made the platform so it's electric first, but we're still going to call it the Kona. So you're going to have the ICE variants, you're going to have hybrids, and you're going to have an electric option. But ideally, what people want to see is, you know, like a Tesla Model 3 is a Tesla Model 3. Mm-hmm. There's no ICE plug-in variant or anything like that. And that's what consumers remember, and that's what they gravitate to. So those manufacturers that have, let's say, the ZS in terms of the ZS EV, they're going to start to see that consumers will walk away to models like mg4 which they know are pure electric and that's what would make the reporting easier um but great to see over six thousand EV sold in april and i think may and june are going to be even bigger yeah i mean this is great news like looking at this data here like tesla model y two thousand thousand number four across all cars you know in the suv segment um yeah, sorry. This is all cars, right? Uh, yeah, this is all cars. Yeah, all cars. Yeah, all cars in Australia in April. Like, I remember seeing something similar in like Europe. You know, like maybe a year ago, thinking, "Is that going to happen here?" And here we are. We're, you know, we're almost a year, and the same thing's happening here. So, it's good to see that we are keeping pace. A little bit slow, but we are catching up. And you know, we see if we see trends happening in the UK and Europe, then that will probably start to happen here as well. Happened with like charging. You know, there was mm-hmm. charging shortfall back in you know, a year or two ago, and that happened here. So, yeah, I guess we look overseas to see what, what's next on the horizon. But great to see this happening, uh, that we are, you know, we are uh, seeing electrification uh, up there at 8% in April. Uh, as you said, BYD doing very well, uh, Atto 3, 1,000 sales. I guess some of this is probably catching up with late deliveries too over the last few months. Uh, but that's across all the, the whole industry, isn't it, Riz? Not just hmm. electric. Yeah, that's uh, part of... The, the data from Tesla um, in terms of the delivery seems that way. Um, but, you know, Tesla is a very agile company where they look at the data and they, I think Elon said on the um, uh, earnings call a couple of weeks ago that they're probably the only company that gets real-time data in terms of how many orders are being placed globally for their cars and what production needs to 
do accordingly. Um, and given that they've had price decreases, we've seen that in April, um, they've had a slight price increase as well on some of their models in Australia. So they're adjusting according to what demand they're seeing for their cars because the last thing they want is to ramp down production in Shanghai and other factories uh, because that's not good for cost. So they want to keep the production high at a time where people may think an electric vehicle is a luxury and they can hold off for another 6 or 12 months. But Tesla has these levers where they can reduce the price. All of a sudden, they get this huge, you know, dip, the huge media publication publicity without mm. spending money on advertising. And then consumers are like, oh, geez, I never realized that Tesla was $60,000, you know, plus on roads, where a lot of the people still think it's like $80,000 plus for a base model Tesla. Um, so prices are coming down. Um, the demand will continue to move. And if it doesn't, we'll know about it because Tesla will reduce prices further. Um, to and we will know that the demand levers are being pulled once again, or they will offer incentives like they're doing in the US, such as free supercharging on the Model S and X um, for some customers. They're more expensive cars, but they could try other things uh, where they're not losing a lot. It might just be you know a year's worth of free premium connectivity or something like that mm. to continue to drive that demand. So we see you know Tesla sort of dominating the EV space and. BYD doing fairly well um, as well. I think MG will be okay, uh, as in that case, we're still waiting to hear back from them as to their EV sales for the month. Uh, but people are surely gravitating towards um, electric models like the Polestar 2, the Volvo C40, Kia EV6, and the rest. Yeah, speaking of incentives, I think Polestar released news today or yesterday that uh, they're giving $3,000 in incentives to buy a Polestar 2 before June or July or something. So there you go. If you're looking for a Polestar now, is a good time. Um, yeah, as you said, Riz, the price is very dynamic. I think also Tesla raised its prices again this week. So that's another, not so much benefit, but that's what happens with direct-to-consumer model, that the price is very agile. Um, mm -hmm. It's funny how you mentioned uh, freebies too. Like we, you know, we've obviously saw the free, um, what, what is it, FSD or EAP connecti um, mm -hmm. EAP uh, over the wow. over the summer. Yeah, for a little trial there for new owners, uh, which is great. Um, instead of a free umbrella or a free, you know, whatever floor mats, you get free software for a bit. It's a cheaper way to do it, probably for them. Um, but yeah, so on the screen now in front of us, we can see, uh, you know, all the different uh, EVs, the top 10 anyway. And you can see Tesla's really, really way ahead there. They're 3,500 sales compared to the BYD, which is the next highest on 1,000. So they really have been dominating over the last quarter. Um, I just want to say hello to all the members who have joined us on the chat here. So nice to see you all. I just want to say a quick shout out to, where was it? Uh, I saw, here we go, Gaffer. Gaffer, one of our members, was my brother-in-law's birthday today. Uh, as part of his prezies, my nephews hired a Tesla for him. He drove it around all day and loved it. Uh, well done, Gaffer's brother-in-law. Nice to see you enjoying an EV there. That's great. Uh, say hello to also, uh, let's see, I can see Peter Cook there, one of our, mem our members. Hello, Peter. Uh, Charles is here. Hello, Charles. And who else have we got on the chat? Paul, Paul Leopardi. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Who else have we got in the chat here? Yeah, so thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Indeed, thank you so much. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to uh, another news story. We might come back to uh, the 8% uh, sales. If anyone has any further questions in the chat, leave a comment below. 
Uh, let's now throw to an uh, interesting tweet here from also from uh, Sawyer. We do love Sawyer in this, uh, this channel here. Uh, but Rahul, take us through this one. This one you uh, sent this week. So I'll just put it up on the screen here. Okay. So Rahul Sawyer says, uh, largest used car retailer in the US said it's seeing a huge spike uh, in EV interest from its customers, in particular Teslas uh, in the US. Yeah, just um, self-explanatory there. Obviously, um, um, obviously, the US being ahead with um, car sales, EV car sales, particularly mm. their secondhand EV market, is is obviously rapidly expanding. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and and obviously pricing as well. The the fact that you can get um, these sorts of prices in the US and, and Tesla obviously being very, very ruthless in their pricing um, is obviously making sure that, you know, um, they're dominating the the um, EV market in the US, uh, you know, which, which is obviously their, their home base with, um, with two gigafactories there in uh, Fremont, California and in um, Texas as well. Um, and then with a third one potentially to come in Mexico, um, you know, with, with labor being cheap in the in Mexico, they would probably be able to cost cut even further, but still keeping their margins, you know, at a at a premium. Um, so yeah, great great news there for for Tesla. I think they're going to continue dominating that that market for a long time to come. Mm. Yeah, interesting to see the uh, Ford Mustang Marquee at forty eight thousand as well. That's due to make its arrival in Australia. So. Kind of on par there with the second-hand pricing for Model Y. So that'll be very interesting to see. I see we have TechAU in the chat there. Hey, Jason, nice to see you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, congratulations on your Twitter success too uh, this week. I can see your followers going up. So well done. Um, yeah, and we are also seeing, what do we got? Um, so Raul, take us through this one as well. You posted this one this week for me. Um, this is an interesting one from Sawyer as well. Uh, Hyundai showing its uh, crab driving, zero turn and diagonal driving features. Uh, there's a bit of sound there. I hope that's coming through. That's pretty cool. I mean, we're never going to make it on our street. Yeah, look, I... Uh, you know, look, it looks great. Um, I just posted it because obviously Hyundai are trialing that system because um, you can obviously see that it's in their parking lot. It's not in a, um, you know, sort of Street. a pedestrian <laughs> or a, um, yeah, a consumer area as such. But great technology. Um, obviously, it will take a while until it's it's fully ready to be used. Same thing with Tesla's FSD. Um, ever coming to Australia and in a in a full sort of form. Um, interestingly enough, I did see a Hyundai Ionic Five today with those digital. Um, is that what they're called? Those digital cameras as the yep. um, wing mirrors. The, the the yeah the wing mirrors yeah mm-hmm. and and geez they looked fantastic. Oh, you, you know, first things when you look at these things, they're like, oh, that's never going to work. But I think the more you put this out there technology um, and it's used um, by consumers, by drivers. Um, it, it, it's just going to become the norm and not, not in every car, but good to see. I mean, I mean that bit there was <laughs> sliding across. That's incredible to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously parking, I think, you know, my wife would love this because parking would just be a breeze for her. 
Yeah, often for everyone, Rahul, not just her. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I struggle too. Um, but speaking of the wing mirrors, uh, yeah, I've got the um, Ionic 6 at the moment. Uh, some of you might have seen my social media posts. So that, there's wing mirrors there. So I'm looking forward to uh, to testing that out, particularly at nighttime. Someone asked me whether they're any good uh, at night. So yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I want to thank Paul for putting five bucks on the screen there. Are Australian consumers starting to find it harder to get finance for secondhand ICE vehicles as they are in the US? Interesting. Uh, Riz, any insights on that? Um, I think finance for new cars is getting harder um, as it is. A lot of the ICE manufacturers over COVID have increased prices quite significantly. So what, you know, a mid-spec Toyota RAV4 you could get for let's say around forty-two to forty-five thousand is close to fifty thousand now. Um, so what that means is all of a sudden you need a borrowing capacity of fifty thousand dollars to by by the time the car arrives, which you're generally waiting six to nine months for a Rav Four. But what's happening is that the banks are saying, "Well, hang on, how come two years ago roughly the same car was forty-five grand?" So why are we going to lend this on the basis that it's valued at 50 grand? We're only going to lend it at 47 grand. And then someone has to come back, come up with the difference because the dealers or Toyota still wants their $50,000. So it is, it is becoming harder on new cars. And with that as well, I think a lot of the finance companies are um, sort of struggling to finance more expensive ICE cars as well. So EVs went out in in that case, um, but at the moment our used ICE market is relatively large, whereas our used EV market is still developing. Um, interestingly enough, this week we had our first ever used Tesla being advertised for under forty thousand dollars. Yes. So there's there's market, you know, there's there's signs of healthy used EV market starting to develop. And then if you're a financier, you know, such as one of the big banks, why wouldn't you want to help someone get in behind the wheel of a, let's say, two, two and a half year old Tesla Model 3 instead of trying to get them, you know, behind the wheel of a Kia Stinger or something like that? Yeah. I think, though, the fine print for that Tesla was, I think it was a formal write-off or uh, yeah. prepared write-off. So, But no, but still the prices are coming down, which is great. Which is and and really there's good. plenty of examples for sort of sitting around the mid-40,000 mark. Mm. Um, last year, you'd be lucky, especially earlier last year when we were having, you know, nine to 12 months sort of lead times uh, when you ordered a Tesla to the time you got it. Um, at that time, people were, you know, charging way above what they paid so you know the average price was sort of sitting closer to seventy thousand for a model three um where now it's you know under fifty thousand dollars for what's being advertised out there so 2019 model tesla model threes you should be able to pick one up for under 50 grand um and then there's room for negotiation as well so Yeah. yeah good good used market developing as well in the ev space yeah, I remember those days, Riz and Roll, when we were uh, live streaming when there was a nine-month wait on a Tesla Model 3 and Riz was showing us the charts where <laughs> the use prices would go up. Yeah. Well, we had yeah I, remember, I remember, I think we talked about this in the live stream, there were there were Model 3s selling for like, I don't know, Riz. Uh, 140 grand. One of that's those right. Yeah, exactly. Over 100 grand. I remember that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like scalpers at a concert. <laughs> kind of felt like that. 
Uh, here's a comment from Michael. They need to make the Model Y qualify for the $6,000 rebate, presumably from Queensland, uh, only slightly over, then all hell will break loose. I mean, it's not so much a demand problem, is it, gentlemen? I think it's more of a supply issue now. Um, rebates help, but we need the cars in the country. It, it's a juggling act at the moment because, you know, there's a lot of um, – the demands is is there. Um, if Tesla can get enough – cars which obviously they're pumping up you know they're ramping up production um and they need to clear cars if the demand in china is lower then shanghai still need to produce you know close to a million vehicles a year which is what it's rated at now after the expansion last year Mm. um so i think tesla's keen we just need to get you know um I, i think the demand is there but it would be helpful if those looking at purchasing an EV in the next six months get a signal from the federal government that, hey, the vehicle they were looking for is potentially going to be, you know, a couple of thousand dollars cheaper, which means that they will not need to finance, you know, $75,000 for a base Model Y where they could be financing $68,000 or whatever it is. Mm. I think that's what would help convince some of those people that were considering and comparing an ice vehicle to a ev make that shift because there is with evs as we all know there is still a price premium you pay but if that could be somewhat subsidized because in a lot of other countries including canada i think we spoke about last week the federal government there um, has a five thousand canadian dollars subsidy on top of what the provinces offer so what the states offer in Australia, the federal government needs to sort of help out as well. It will just convince way more people. And with that increased demand would mean not only brands like Tesla and BYD, but others taking the Australian market a lot more seriously. It's more sending that signal to the market mm. to say, hey, we're going to do this. So if you're selling ICE cars, um, you know, that's not what our people want. We need mm. EVs. Yeah, that's right. Signals like that, signals like fuel efficiency standards. Seeing your neighbor have one, seeing your colleagues have one. It's funny, we mentioned earlier about uh, people still surprised to see that a Tesla is actually not affordable, but not as expensive as it used to be, right? Like, I, I'm pretty sure I tell someone every week, at least one person going, it's actually only 60 grand, 60 plus for a Model 3, and they're shocked because they, as you said, it's, I think it's still in that eighty dollars to $100,000 range, which it's not anymore in Australia. Um, now here's a question for me. Zubinix asks, loving my Model Y performance. Are you sure you made the right choice, Tom? Yes, I did. I made the right choice, the sensible choice, but thank you for asking. I'm glad you're enjoying it too. We love our car. Gets the job done. Thank you very much. And Louise says, loving my MYP too. It's comfortable over the bumps and quiet too. Great to hear. Great to hear everyone. Um, all right, let's uh, put up this article here, which I think Daniel Bleakley from The Driven wrote. So uh, this is a good one, actually, speaking of comparing it to ICE ownership. Uh, so the Tesla Model 3 total cost of ownership is similar to the Toyota Corolla over five years. Um, I might ask Rahul this question. Did you guys ever do the sums when you were considering an EV back in the day? Um, great question, Tom. Um, we... We did have a um, ICE SUV, uh, and I think it was a Discovery Sport um, before we sold that and then upgraded to the Model Three. Um, but yeah, just just purely based on you know doing long distance trips, filling up the car with petrol, the maintenance work, um, 
not so much as sort of doing a, a proper Excel spreadsheet, but I think the writing was on the wall for us sort of fairly early on that long-term maintenance of ICE vehicles was going to end up costing us, um, you know, a lot more. Um, and, yeah, of course, uh, you know, back then the Model 3s were priced at that 70 thousand dollar mark. Um, and, yeah, I... Uh, I'm cognizant of the fact that that wasn't affordable back then to uh, a lot of people, uh, probably still isn't, uh, but the pricing is coming down. But we just factored in the fact that whatever we paid up front, we would make in the next sort of five years or so. And and, and that's uh, proven by the fact that we've had zero maintenance issues with either the Model 3, which we bought in 2019, or the new Model Y, which we've got um, last year, um, you know, apart from just changing tyres once every 18 months, uh, 24 months. Um, and, oh, I shouldn't forget, windscreen wiper fluid. Yeah, <laughs> that, that costs a damn lot. <laughs> Depends what water you use, uh, Rahul. I mean, Evian's quite expensive. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, you're right. I mean, you know, I, I, one of the most popular videos on my channel is actually comparing the cost of ownership of Tesla Model 3 versus the... Uh, what did I do? The Camry, uh, Toyota Camry. So Coral is pretty similar. Uh, brings up a lot of uh, interesting comments uh, from people not quite understanding the full picture of an EV. Uh, but as you said, Raul, maintenance is so low in, uh, with EVs, and that's been proven time and time again. Uh, depreciation, I mean, that's, that's arguable. Uh, everything depreciates, of course. Uh, but yeah, maintenance is low. Fuel is low. Uh, they last a long time. And I think now with more data, like, for example, my own situation, Model S battery is now... 7% degradation after eight years. So, mm. you know, I can't ask for better than that, really. So I'm pretty happy. Uh, here's a comment from uh, Shalendra. says, my uncle is trading in his long-range Model S at a BMW dealer uh, and dealer offered him $50,000. I'm offered to buy it off him. Um, <laughs> Riz, is that a good buy? <laughs> uh, depends on the year. It's uh, 50 grand for a Model S. As long as it's in good nick, is all right. I think just worth doing your... Um, standard checks might even be worth taking it to Tesla and just uh, giving, getting them to have a bit of a look over around the battery and all of those type of things before, um, you know, sort of making an offer. But, yeah, I think a Model S, like your Model S, Tom, is an awesome car. Oh. Um, and it's, what, seven, eight years old, we said? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I think it's it's really, 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 really awesome just to see them on the road. And given we still don't know what's going to happen with the new Model S. So maybe rare for a little longer. I would add for Shalendra there, hey, um, if that's your uncle, I'm sure you can get a family discount as well and bring that price down a bit more further. (laughs) Come on, uncle. (laughs) Lower. Uh, That's funny. Um, yeah, so budget is uh, the budget night is coming up. I think next uh, Tuesday. Um, mm. And Nick says, yeah, removing the FBT threshold for EVs would be nice. Hey, how good would that be? Right, it's like eighty something at the moment, eighty thousand. Yeah, raise it or even just get rid of it. That'll really um, help for sure. Because uh, it's protecting a part of the economy that's not existent anymore. We don't make any more cars in Australia, as far as I know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's put this one up here, uh, this article here. Riz, I might get you to walk me through this one. Let me just share this one first. Okay, so this one is from Tesla Rati, uh, also a great source of information. Tesla wins the Kelly Blue Books 2023 five-year cost to own award for premium EVs. 
So um, Kelly's, Kelly Blue Book is sort of like a price valuation website. So in Australia, we have a website called Red Book, mm-hmm. which is owned by car sales. Um, it's sort of price trends and um, use pricing for cars. And they've sort of come up with, you know, uh, these awards like a lot of the websites do, you know, wheels car of the year or drive car of the year. Um, and one of their categories is cost to own. Um, and obviously based on uh, the, the the sums that they've done and the feedback that they've received from their users and other industry members as well, um, you know, it seems that Tesla's got that reputation in that premium space because, you know, it's, they're not, it's not like buying an, you know, an MG3. Um, they are slightly more premium, have more features, so they compete more sort of directly with a BMW um, 3 Series or a X3, um, that sort of space. And even in that, uh, in terms of cost of ownership, if um, any of our audiences have previously owned European vehicles, particularly ICE cars, um, every time... Um, every time I think you put the dealer in the navigation system, it gives you a bill of like three and a half thousand dollars just for drive there, because <laughs> that's just how expensive it is. It gives you a warning. Um, anything the dealer touches at those premium uh, sort of brands is, uh, you know, very very expensive. So in terms of Tesla, we know that there is generally a two-year inspection on most of their vehicles, and so that you know cost to ownership thousands per year for a premium car versus, you know, what Tesla has on their vehicles um, to keep them on the road. Uh, you know, that's also part of the analysis that Kelly Blue Book's done as well. So mm. it's it's a no-brainer. I've never actually owned a European car. I'm just looking back at my purchase history. It's always been Japanese or Korean and now American with Tesla. But, yeah, I only hear stories from my colleagues who are just yeah, it's insane how much they, they get charged at, uh, you name it, Porsche, Mercedes, BMW. Yeah, they just get taken for a ride literally each time. Uh, oh. Something's broken, something's missing, they need to get fixed. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I think that's how they upkeep the German Autobahn uh, with all the money coming from all over the world, going to those brands and they're paying taxes in Germany. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, people can test those cars on the road and see that's how fast they go and then it's a cycle of life, really. And then back to the dealer. So. Back to the dealer. That's right. Oh, conspiracy theory now. Um, yeah, let's put Peter Cook's comment up here. $60,000 is such an important threshold for my Uber riders. I talk in terms of how you're mad not to buy it if you can drive more than uh, 500 kilometers a week. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, 60 grand is definitely that psychological barrier. Um, I think Model 3 has been under 60 once in its lifetime here in Australia. It's currently 60 now, I think. MSRP. It was September... August or September 2021, mm. um, the Model 3, just before, just before at the time of New South Wales incentives, mm. when they were bought in, uh, the pricing was under 60000 for a couple of months before, um, you know, the demand sort of fuel started going up, people started looking at EVs, and then, yeah, the rest is sort of history. And mm-hmm. it's at this point in time, even with the recent slight price increase of another $400, it's still pretty good value. Um, but you're right, that 60000 is sort of that barrier. And if they could get it down to fifty nine nine ninety, it would it, it would help. And then the rebates on top of that. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, yeah, I mean, under 50, maybe for the sort of affordable category, but under 60 generally, I think that's that's kind of that barrier, isn't it? Um, and Rod's comment I'll just put up here. First service for my XC40 recharge Volvo, 30,000 kilometers, zero cost. How good is that? Five-year free servicing. Boom. Fantastic. Um, so I might put this one up here as well. Uh, so this is great news for me as a New South Wales resident. Uh, this article show or this Twitter post shows that, uh, yes, there is now uh, a commissioned Tesla supercharger at Blacksland, New South Wales, which is in the Blue Mountains, uh, which is a popular destination for both tourists and as well as locals. Uh, we love going up there. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, heading up the mountains affects range, but now knowing there's a Tesla supercharger there um, is great. That you know, It's not just driving up for the day and seeing stuff, but it's also for accommodation. Because obviously, if there's no local charger, then you need to find somewhere with a charger. But now with the supercharger at the Blue Mountains, it kind of opens up the whole area for accommodation because you're not as tired mm. to go somewhere with a charger because you know there's one nearby in Blacksland. Um, so I'm, I'm actually very happy about this. Great point, Tom. And, and the fact that it's not just, say, just two sort of stalls there, but six stalls there as well. Yes. Yeah, it just, just goes to show that obviously the um, the mindset around charging infrastructure from um, not just Tesla, but I think also some of the other charging infrastructure companies is changing, uh, you know, courtesy of the New South Wales uh, government's uh, incentives around um, yeah, charging the regions and, and the infrastructure uh, grants that they're giving out as well. Yeah, that's right. And these are V3 chargers. I can see there's only one plug per store. And Gaffer says, only for skinny Teslas. So, <laughs> I mean, this is a Model S we're looking at, so that's quite a wide vehicle, um, yeah. admittedly. Uh, so I think your Y3 should fit there pretty comfortably. So this, was, this site was part of that New South Wales government grants that were given out to charging infrastructure providers. Um, I, I guess it's good to see that, you know, the, the rollout is continuing. Um, six stalls, awesome, in a region where, um, as you were saying earlier, Tom, like, you know, you don't need to specifically find accommodation that has a charge, well, has a charger, level two charger or whatever, mm-hmm. because now you've got one there. And it's literally opening the regions, Mm-hmm. Um, for tourism, for more business, for EV drivers to enjoy it, and to go to places where they may not consider or they may not have gone to in the past just because there is a charger there. Now they're like, well, hang on, there's a supercharger there. What else is there that we can do around town? Correct. So great to see. Yeah, and yeah. and sorry, Raul, please go on. No, sorry, Tom, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, so these these stores will most likely open up to everyone and not just Tesla because I can see evidence of that. Uh, the wheel stop at the end is taken off. Um, the, the stalls are sideways, which means they can probably charge most vehicles, except for maybe the ones that are on the back right corner. I'm looking at you, Kia, Hyundai, Genesis. Um, so I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be able to fit most cars. Uh, and there's one this direction. So I think that's probably more for a trailer because it's um, kind of more on that sort of that, that aspect. Um, that might be okay for a right-hand, back right-hand port as well. So... Yeah, so that's good. Um, and also, uh, Chameleon says, would be great to see video on the area, Tom. Definitely, Chameleon. I will look for some time to uh, to go and get this done because I, I definitely want to showcase the Blue Mountains with a Tesla supercharger because it's a World Heritage area. Uh, it's a great tourist destination for New South Wales. So, yep, definitely I'll go check it out. Rahul, please, go ahead. 
No, I was going to um, add just my own personal experience, having traveled the south coast of um, uh, Victoria into New South Wales last year uh, via Sale, Bensdale, uh, into um, Mirimbala, uh, all those areas. I think there was kind of like a 300, 400 kilometer gap there where the Tesla superchargers hadn't been online as as when we traveled, which was in Can River. Um, and, and now that they're online, um, you know, that, that makes a world of difference for people who are planning trips with families um, during those summer holidays or during the, the Easter break or whatever, that there are charges there. They don't have to, you know, rely on accommodation, which does have destination charges or, or look for public charging infrastructure that may or may not be working because the apps obviously don't give you that information. So, yeah, this is this is fantastic for that for that region. It'll drive up not just people with EVs, but, um, yeah, just, just money coming into, you know, that, that region from people coming to, to travel because they now have an option to travel without having to worry about charging. Yeah, that's right. And great to see six stalls. I mean, come on, six stalls. Um, I don't want to name any other provider, single them out, but you're lucky to get two, three, super lucky to get four from another provider. So six is amazing. Um, There's a couple of things that are that are fantastic in that in that New South Wales government initiative is um, having a minimum of at least four or six stalls, and then mm-hmm. also um, asking Tesla or other manufacturers to open up their um, EV infra- sorry EV charging infrastructure to other manufacturers as well. Um, so yeah, it's a win win for everyone, isn't it? Mm, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, the future is bright. Uh, and yes, Gaffer says, love that South Coast trip, such a beautiful car drive. Yeah, I'd love to do that too as well, Raul, replicate your trip one day. Uh, Charles says, interesting that they haven't made them open yet, but they have another 15 to 18 months to do so. Mm. Yeah, that that's interesting. I'll have to get the guys back from New South Wales government on that because I, I thought they'd be open up sooner too. So we'll get them back one day, I think, and question them on that. Um, and yes, Shalendra also says, uh, Tesla is recruiting loads of collision repair workers. So Tesla collision repair coming to a service center near you soon. So that is what they're focusing on next. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's put this slide up now also from Sawyer. Um, this is what we can hopefully look forward to one day. Uh, Tesla is currently opening an average of one new supercharger site globally every 13 hours. Phenomenal. <laughs> Just look at that. Look at that picture. Just uh, makes my heart sing. I can't even count how many there are there. Just, uh, yeah, so good. Um, Taco Bell. Um, actually, some of the comments too from my videos have been, well, you've got to eat more junk food on your road trips, but you don't have to eat junk food. Come on. <laughs> what kind of comment is that? <laughs> <laughs> Pack a healthy lunch. Uh, but no, that, seriously though, I think, yeah, it'd be great to have more food options at uh, these superchargers and uh, DC chargers in general. Um. Oh, thanks, Paul. Another comment here uh, and $5 on the screen. There were kangaroos in the ANU car park in Canberra tonight. I would like to see FSD Beta cope with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've asked that before on, on Twitter to Elon. Um, Nash has anyway. And uh, yeah, it would be great to see Tesla predict the, the bounce trajectory of the kangaroo uh, on the screen. Yeah, great question, Paul. Uh, P2N, they should be open to all immediately or not get taxpayers' money until they do. Yeah, again, we'll get the guys back and, and question them on that. They were partially funded, though, I think, not not fully funded. Mm. Yep. Um, okay. Um, 
Rod says, I charged Volvo at the Tesla supercharger at Naruma in February. Great to see. Yeah. And someone sent me a picture of them charging their BYD at uh, 03 at Holy Dean and then Dubbo. So it was great to see them use uh, Tesla superchargers on route. So I'm all for it. I think they should all be open eventually, personally. Another question for me. Have you stopped at EV Sutton Forest? Tom, plenty of new chargers, although they are tritium, so not the most reliable. Yes, yes, we have stopped at Sutton Forest. In fact, I think Riz and I have stopped there on yeah. our trip to Canberra, and I've stopped there too uh, on our trip to Melbourne. So check those videos out. There is a BP site now not far from there, I think. Mm, as well. well, there's two on either side of the highway that are um, open, still tritium chargers, but, you know, um, if you get stuck, you sort of know there's more options now. And I think um, there's another Tesla supercharger site going out somewhere that way between Sydney and Canberra. Um, I think it's Sutton's, Sutton's Forest too oh, uh, on yes. Southbound. Yeah. So that's kind of like the new hub now. Perfect. <laughs> uh, it's quite a good stop because there's lots of, yes, fast food, <laughs> but good convenience stop if you're on the road. Um, yeah, good to see BP, but I think only one, maybe two, units they are and yeah. and they are slower charges as well as p2n notes I've, I've, yeah only 75 I've, I've noticed someone said bp's excuse for not putting more stalls was they were just testing the supply but i'm not sure that holds up given tesla can launch six stalls at once uh any thoughts mm. on that gents it's kind of no, weird I, I, i'm not a you know, um, grid or power expert, but I think the, um, I, and Charles may know more because I, I believe the BP sites are scalable. I think the units they're using in there, the PKM uh, series tritium chargers are sort of scalable. They can be expanded if needed. Um, but I think at this stage for BP, it's sort of get as many sites opened as possible um, if we're lucky, we'll get two CCS ports at the charger. Um, and, you know, then I think they will look at the expansion. Um, I think they're already winning against Ampol. Yeah, um, sure. So, and and they only really started in October last year, uh, BP did. So it would be interesting what their expansion plan looks like for some of those busier thoroughfares like Southern Forest and sort of, you know, anywhere along the highways. But, you're, you know, I think it's true that we don't want to be spending, you know, more than we need to at a petrol station when we're getting 75 kilowatts when down the road, let's say, EV or Tesla is offering 200 plus kilowatts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they are modular I'm pretty sure. Uh, they can scale up to 150 kilowatts, but I think this, most of them are 75 currently, excuse me. And Charles asks, have any of you checked out the Gundagai Tesla ChargeFox site? There's been pictures of digging shared around ChargeFox, ChargeFox units moving, I think, uh, from experience. This is not a very reliable site uh, uh, at Gundagai. Uh, and it's a really grotty site with uh, lots of potholes and um, very poor access. So I'm glad they're finally getting that fixed up. So, yeah, Charles, if I ever drive down that way, I'll, I'll be sure, of course, to document that. Uh, Gaffer says, Tritium have been demoing their new 150 kilowatt chargers just this week, full water-cooled and completely sealed to stop all the issues they had with stuff getting in gumming up the works. Good. Uh, and Peter says the new superchargers are technically at Exeter. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but literally next door to Sutton Forest. Thank you. Yep. And 
Yep. So, yep. BP have been previously accused of greenwashing. I think they are still accused of greenwashing. Yes. <laughs> That's ongoing. Um, and Charles says the best BP site is being built built at Glenrowan, gents, Victorians. Both sites of the highway, two times units each site, two times CCS2 mm. cables per unit. So, something to check out, maybe. Risen idea for a road trip? Yeah. We, we could do that one. I did try out there. One of the sites they opened up on the Mornington Peninsula a couple of weeks ago, um, I found, for whatever reason, the cable is a lot heavier than I was expecting it to be. Um, so from an accessibility point of view, you know, someone in a wheelchair that may need to use that specific charger, and it's not like it was dispensing like 600 kilowatts. It's 75 kilowatts, but the cable was so thick and hard to move around on those PK units, um, it was quite surprising. Um, And the way they've placed sort of their bollards to prevent people from backing into the charger, it gets in the way. So when you're trying to pull the cable, so you either need, you know, strong muscles, and I'm sure uh, the bloke inside the service station doesn't really know much about the charger. So, you know, I think it's a good thing to help those uh, people that will that are in a wheelchair or need accessible features and hopefully the pump up op- pump operators or the service station operators can help them do that as well, because they are getting thicker and heavier. Whereas some of the chem power uh, sites that are opened, um, those cables are just better managed and the Tesla ones are, you know, most people can access them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to see a chem power charger in New South Wales. I know they're coming up in WA. They just look great. Good access, yep. Um, and comments about the Campbelltown Supercharger in Sydney. And that's, yeah, that's a really good site, actually, from the feedback I've seen. And it's also good because, you know, if you're coming just a, through Sydney rather than into Sydney, you can actually skip all of inner Sydney and drive around on the freeways and charge at Campbelltown if you're just on route. Because otherwise, you'd have to go into Sydney, either Macquarie or Broadway, which can be a hassle. But, yeah, Campbelltown's a great location. Uh, I see a question about PPF, uh, a bit off topic, but I see some comments about PPF. Uh, we might maybe address that another time. But, um, yeah, certainly, uh, if you, I guess you do a lot, of, a lot of road trips, might be worth doing uh, at the front of the car, uh, like a sort of a bonnet-only bonnet, bonnet only area if you want to, if you're on a budget. Um, yes, yeah, so let me just put this article up. Um, might get Riz to go through this one. This is very interesting. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw this. Oops, sorry. Here we go. Uh, three original untouched Tesla Roadsters, uh, discovered in shipping containers in China, uh, now for sale. Wow. This was pretty cool. I mean, I've only seen one Roadster in Melbourne and they're just so rare and when you do see them it's easy to confuse them for a lotus elise yes but this near new cars and some of those pictures like the interior is gorgeous um like how well maintained it is after being in there for however many years they've been in there now and yeah just how do you find that brand new cars sitting in a container it something doesn't sound right with the story itself where the person that purchased the shipping container off someone else who was the original owner and then they had to pay like all of the storage fees for all of those years that the container had been sitting there 
And now they're trying to auction these roadsters in the U.S. through Gruber Motor Company, who are actually quite um, quite well known for restoring roadsters uh, based in the U.S. Um, and yeah, that's what they'll be doing. The you know getting interest in anyone that wants one, and um, just I'd be surprised if you know any any one of those that are found sell for less than 250,000 US dollars each. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to have one of those. I just don't have that kind of cash unfortunately, but yeah, it'd be great to see one come to Australia. I've seen one here actually. Um I think the gentleman who I spoke to had issues with getting anything serviced because you've either got to ship the car back to the US or they've got to ship something yeah. here or ship an engineer from the US to come and get it fixed because no one knows how to fix one as far as I know. So it's quite a hassle. <laughs> I think Nash has the original owner's manual uh, delivered oh. directly from Elon. So I think <laughs> if you're looking for a repairer down in Wollongong, the main man's there. That's right. That's right. And signed as well, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gaffer says, amazing find. These batteries will be very dead. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Paul says, three roadsters have come back from Mars, possibly. Yes, that's also true. <laughs> um. Uh, literally fell off the back of a container ship. Yep. Yeah, good call. Um, yeah, so back on the ChemPower thing. Um, yeah, so Peter, who drives Uber a lot with his Model 3, a new ChemPower site is opening soon at the KFC at Goulburn South, so next door to the Bing Marino. That's great. I'll go check that out if I'm ever down there. Uh, and that's also been uh, backed up by P2N. It says, yes, not online yet. So, yeah, be cool to see. There is a site in Victoria for any of our Victorian audience um opened at the Glen shopping center uh east of melbourne um i will be checking out sometimes next week but the feedback so far is um they're rated at 100 kilowatts each one of those stalls and apparently when four cars are plugged in um they're getting 20 25 kilowatts each but that's not the charges issue it's more of the supply going into the shopping center for those charges so um but yeah they're very easy to use so anyone that's in victoria can check them out at the Glen shopping center okay that's good to know uh and gaffer says the guy from tesla center sydney has one right hand drive and everything used to love checking it out on my visits yes i remember when they were showing them back in the day in st leonard's in sydney <laughs> gorgeous cars yes and you're right Riz, they look very much like uh, lotus elise obviously because that's what they were based on so uh, Peter asks, I wonder if Elon wants a new old cherry red roadster. Uh, his old one was sent a long way away. Yes. I've been never coming back. <laughs> there was one on car sales a couple of, probably about 12 months ago now. And I think the asking price was $199,000. It was a white one with some red Tesla stripes on it. Uh, but they're extremely rare now. I think the only time we'll see them is if they end up on a Shannon's car auction or anything like that. Yeah. Or maybe uh, at a car show, right? Or EV yeah. show or something. Yeah. Yeah, I still haven't had to had a chance to ride in one. Um, maybe I should hit up that gentleman I spoke to earlier. Give me a, give me a ride for the channel. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, question for you, gents, or Riz. Uh, Charles asks, are they the NG Kempower ones, Riz? I think they are arena funded. Yeah, they are the NG. Um, NG hasn't put any branding on them uh, from what I can see. It's running on the ChargeFox app. Um, yeah, and they're, they're those ones. And NG is supposed to roll out more with vicinity 
which owns Chadston and the Glen, um, as well as other shopping centers. So a, a space worth watching. Yep. Yes. Um, oh, I'm going to ask a question to the audience for the last few minutes of the show. Has anyone ordered a long-range all-wheel drive Model Y? Because that sort of became available recently. So, yeah. Uh, leave a comment quickly before we end the show. And I think Model S and X also uh, is not... I think the order page is, has stopped in Australia too, I believe. Yeah, just getting... You can only get updates at the moment and then yep. they've done the same, I think, for New Zealand and Singapore. But for a right-hand drive like the UK, that market, uh, you can still, I think, place a £100 reservation fee <laughs> to, to get one. So... Mm. Yes, um, and also deliveries are being delayed. Uh, my Model 3, which was supposed to come this month or even late last month, I got an email recently saying it's been delayed. So hopefully end of this month I should hopefully get it, but not too worried at this stage. But I can see how it would be distressing if you're waiting for one. Hang in there, they will come. Uh, question, how all does everybody just use plugs here to work out where all the charges are? Plug- oh, sorry, plug share, yes. Yes, usually plug share. Um, that's probably the best, I think, user populated one we all use mm. to work out. Or you can use the, I guess, like if you're looking for EV or ChargeFox or Jolt or whatever, Amp or BP, then you can use their own apps. Yeah. I think Google's question, getting think... better as well. Oh, sorry, Google, Marvel. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Oh. Um, I was going to say, once obviously you worked out with plug share or with Tesla or with some of the other apps out there which charges are around you when you first get your EV, if you are using these public charges, then you kind of like end up using the same charges mm-hmm. more often than not. So you do do know where they are. And I think, uh, you know, so where I do go and charge, I only just check to make sure that the plugs are available mm. uh, for me to plug into and there's not a long way. Yeah, and Google does actually uh, show in real time now. I'm, I'm not sure where they get their data from. Maybe PlugShare even. Um, I think EV shares, EV network shares their data with Google and PlugShare now. So that's to do with the status in terms of it's being, if the charger is being used or not. Um, But as far as I know, I think a lot of the charge Fox sites are still, you don't really know on Google or PlugShare. I may be wrong, but last Mm -hmm. time I checked, they weren't showing. It's only the EV sites were. Yeah, and because Google now has the information, like a vehicle like Polestar can now map a route pretty pretty good, pretty well rather, uh, and tell you whether the charge is available or not. So that's great that Google's got that data. Um, yes, um, and Shalendra also says plug share and ABRP for route planning. Agreed. I'll echo that one. ABRP is fantastic for that. Uh, yes, and here you go, P2N, uh, Google uh, Maps on Android Automotive in my Polestar seems to know about charger locations and availability utilization. Excellent. Uh, Chameleon says, rear-wheel drive Model Y, Tesla rep said it was great family car and five adults fit better than Model 3. Yes. Yep. Agree. Yep. Okay. And, oh, Rod Lister says, Charge Fox is on Google. Good, good. Good to know. Good. Um Okay, and Peter says the uh, EV API is a little dodgy, but mostly accurate, close enough. Yep, that's mm. good. Good. All right. Well, gents, I think we might uh, call it uh, a night, I guess. Uh, what a great discussion, hey? Um, again, just a reminder of the headline for tonight's uh, stream is, yes, Australia has hit 8% uh, as of April 2023 for EV sales, which is amazing. Uh, 
Who would have thought we were at this be at this point twelve months ago? But here we are. So great to see. Um, and I'm very happy for one. Hopefully, we'll see things rise. So, gentlemen, I'll start with Riz. Thank you very much for your input as always tonight. Uh, no worries at all. Um, good time. I think we're things will only get better. Um, someone asked earlier on in the chat when the MG4 is coming. I think it's September, October, uh, closer to the fourth quarter of this year, we'll have a fair few more EVs from legacy automakers as well as others. Um, and Tesla will continue to do what they do best as well as BYD. So exciting space. And I'm hoping we'll hit that 10% mark by September. 10%. And MG have promised me to invite them, invite me to their opening for MG4. So yeah. I will hopefully attend. I love a good, good opening. Uh, Rahul, thank you very much as always for tonight. Tom and Riz, thank you very much. Um, I'd just like to add, uh, there is a new king being coronated uh, in the UK. Uh, I believe that is today. Uh, uh, Riz, any words for uh, Nash, whose crown you're about to take uh, as Elon's new favourite um, child in Australia? Seeing that Sawyer Merida just quoted your uh, your article and uh, you're gunning for his uh, his throne. Look, it's uh, can't can't say too much yet. They're sort of only the royals are allowed to discuss those proceedings. Um, but no, I think it's it, it, thanks, thanks, Rahul. It's um, good as good to see Nash, and it'll be great to uh, catch up again as we hit 10, 15, 20 percent in EV sales later in the next twelve to eighteen months. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. King in waiting. Here, here. Yeah. Long live Riz and Rahul and Nash. Um, yeah, we are very amused. So everyone have a quiche this weekend and uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks everyone for joining us, all the members. Thanks for watching on live and also uh, on replay. And thanks for listening to us on podcast as well. On behalf of Riz, Rahul and myself, thank you so much for watching. And until next week, uh, happy charging. Take care, everyone. Bye now.